The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, guys. I am currently in my bedroom alongside my husband, Timmy. Hello. You guys know him. I'm nervous. Yeah, we're both a little bit nervous. I just got a little bit jittery, but we thought we would try something new. This is a little bit of a new format. Uh, Originally, I thought it would be really interesting to have a couples therapist come in and talk to us and have us hash out fights that we repeatedly have over and over and see what their perspective was on it. But instead of that, we thought that it would be great to actually just have the conversation and relive a fight that we just had and kind of a fight that we repeatedly have because it seems to be a theme for us. So we thought we would each kind of tell what we think happened and then talk about our feelings and see how we are dealing and how we decided to move off of it and how we're working together towards not having that fight ever again. You know, sometimes I think after a week or even a couple of days when you have space from an argument, you can really have a lot more clarity about the real situation when you're not in the heat of the moment. So this will be a little bit of a therapy session for us, right? Right. Did I explain that correctly? Yeah, I think for the listener who might be used to hearing about a couple's argument and then getting like a professional's perspective on it, we're going to just give you the complete honest truth as to what happened, at least our versions of it. And like you can hear us talk about it, but really you can kind of decide as you listen who is the normal person and who's a complete piece of shit. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's me. (laughs) You're the piece of shit. I mean, that's what everyone's going to think, but let's do it because I don't really care. We're scared to do this just because this is really like the most intimate part of our lives. Yeah. It's it's scary to really put yourselves out there like this and open yourselves up to judgment and also just like really show what you're real true insecurities are and what the cracks in the relationship are. Because everyone thinks, I think, and I think so too, that we have such a great relationship and we do, but it's impossible for a couple just to not fight. Totally. And I think that one thing we found in putting out all this various types of content is that like, if we're nervous about it, because we're afraid people are going to judge us, that that's actually the stuff that uh, people want to hear. People want to hear is the most relatable and is the most helpful. Yes. So the fact that I think we're both nervous probably says that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think that this will help us rehab the conversation in a more like controlled, relaxed way when we're not overcome by emotions. Right. Plus Annie is sitting here, so I can't throw anything. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't throw stuff. Okay. So I'm going to start by retelling what I think happened or what happened in my eyes. And then you can stop me at any point and tell me if you feel like I'm, I have completely like misinterpreted the situation. This happened about a week ago. The Fanta song came on TV. The You're just 
just it, that's no. Just we, not saw even. Fanta, <laughs> we saw a Fanta. We saw a Fanta bottle. I think first in the of bathroom. all, we should just something decide, about is Fanta. It Fanta or is it Fanta? Because are we going to be confusing? The listeners the whole time. I Fanta. Okay. Fanta, Fanta. Okay. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Somewhere we saw Fanta, whether it was on TV or in person. And I started singing the song like Fanta, Fanta, don't you wanna Fanta? And Timmy immediately like cuts me off and goes, no, I don't like that. He's shaking his head because he doesn't remember it like that. But that's how it happened. And I was, I immediately got, are you taking deep breaths? <laughs> I'm just, I want you to tell your whole truth and then I'll tell the the truth that okay. is also my truth. I immediately got insecure about thinking, I was thinking that he was annoyed with me. I was thinking that, that if he was like joking, like, oh, that's silly or, oh, like that's annoying or whatever, that he would say it in a different way. But when he was like, no, I don't like that. I was like, oh, he must be annoyed with me to like have that kind of quick reaction. So I got all insecure and upset and said that that hurt my feelings and things are a little foggy (laughs) around here. I think it started to transition into that. I feel like Timmy doesn't really like me. Like he's more often annoyed with me than he is like in love with me, right? I'm don't I don't agree to that premise at all. No, but that's that's where the conversation started to head. Yeah. Keep going. And okay. you let me know when it's my turn. You go. You go. I'm foggy, honestly foggy about this. Okay. Here's what happened, everyone. <laughs> we it was like a Saturday. We woke up, we're having a great day, and we were joking around. And we went into the bathroom and our contractor had left a Fanta there. And I remember we were just in a very silly mood. We've been joking around about a lot of stuff. And Whitney started to sing the song, Juana, Fanta, don't you, right? Also, this episode is brought to you by Fanta um, <laughs> or Fanta. So I, in a, in a totally joking way, because I wasn't annoyed, I said, oh, no, no, like you can't sing that song. Because for me, that song in my childhood was like this weird it looked like it was produced in Europe, the the commercial. And it was like weird. It was like a Mentos commercial, you know, and it like made you feel weird. Like you had just bit into tinfoil. So like in step with the jokes that I had been making all day long, I was like, no, Whitney, you cannot sing that song. For even more context, if anyone ever does like the Borat voice and is like, my wife, you can be like, no, no, no. You like, you can't make that joke. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, for a while I was doing this Russian voice that he couldn't stand and I got insecure about it because he was like, no, 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 no. And then somehow we got over it. And now it's funny when I do it, it's, I think. There's, but, a, there's a ball busting like sti, which is a word my friends and like I use. Style. That, that exists that like I was playing with Whitney and it was all supposed to be meant for fun, but she didn't take it that way. And she was like very offended. And so I got upset because like, I didn't mean it in an offensive way. And obviously, you know, nobody likes being misunderstood. So we started arguing about what my intentions were, which is frustrating because, you know, nobody can tell you your intentions, you know them. But what was even more frustrating is that the woman I love is basically telling me that I don't. And that like, I'm actually, you know, I was being mean to her because it was an expression of how I truly feel about her. And that's Mm -hmm. really what the issue was, is that somewhere deep down inside, Whitney 
would think that I was making fun of her rather than making a joke with her because she doesn't think I like her, which is fundamentally really difficult for our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so- Which when you say it out loud and now knowing that people are hearing this, it's like, that's a major issue. For me to think that you don't really like, like me or think I'm funny or that you're always annoyed with me, that's like- a huge it's a big issue. deal. Yeah. yeah. And so what often, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but what often starts as a little like detail, this, this can of soda in our bathroom mm-hmm. turns into something major. Mm-hmm. And so we quickly realized that we were arguing a lot more about whether or not I was joking or not mm-hmm. and tried to get to the root of why Whitney would think that. And I mean, do you want to jump in and and sort of? Well, we started, I started going in my head and thinking about times in the recent past where I felt like if he really like cared about me or cared about my feelings, like he would do certain things. And so I started kind of like building up my case against him basically. And one was that when I said I was hungry in the car on our way home from somewhere, he really wanted to just get home and didn't really care that I hadn't, that I was starving and that I hadn't eaten anything. And so to me, I was like, well, if my husband really loves me, like he would like put my hunger first. Right. Right. So Whitney had a bunch of these examples (laughs) Mm -hmm. of how, she thought I was prioritizing whatever I wanted over her as an overall uh, case against how I really feel about her, which Mm -hmm. is scary. I mean, this was a really scary conversation. Mm -hmm. Other examples included... Not wanting to be near me in toddler and me class. She she goes, not wanting to be near me in toddler and me class, waking up in the morning and looking at your phone before talking to me. And these all sounded like examples of things that she had been kind of bringing up since the beginning of our relationship. And the earlier ones include like not texting me enough, not saying I love you enough, not kissing me enough. And I I remember all of those examples and having these fights before and thinking to myself, well, I don't not do any of those things because of how I feel about Whitney. We're just cut from two different cloths. And I love Whitney to death, but if she needs me to kiss her more or say, I love you more, text more then that's what I'm going to do. And I did, I started doing, you don't complain about those things anymore because I do them more. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? For sure. So we're out in the backyard having this argument and I'm thinking about the things that I've already, you know, done that she used to complain about and wondering like, is it ever going to stop? And mm-hmm. I, I use the example of like, one day, Whitney, you're going to get upset with me by the way I hold my fork, which is like a silly example to illustrate how little uh, room for error I have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we tried to get to the bottom of why you, you use those things as expressions of how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. There were those instances that I have like good reasons for that I really are not an expression of how I feel about you. But then there were other things that you said to me that I had to take accountability for. And they had to do with like the way I talk to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not a perfect person. Like I, I definitely can admit to being short or thinking like my way is the only way. And that really hit home. And something I I have to think about and and work on. So that was sort of my takeaway from the conversation. And I think our resolution or how we coined it was that I need to be 
a little less rough around the edges. Yes. So that's something that I'm definitely cognizant of and I think is a completely valid request on your part. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's valid just so I can then in the next sentence reject the other things, but like truly I wake up in the morning and look at my phone not because I don't love you, but because I think you're asleep. You know what I mean? And so I'm afraid that my behavior will never be enough to satisfy. So having some distance from the conversation, I see how those behaviors, those actions that you make or don't even know that you make, like how they're just completely innocent. But I will say when I'm in those moments or when I have been in those moments, like I work myself up to a place that like really believes that he would rather be doing X, Y, and Z than be with me. You know, like in the morning, he would rather wake up and look at his phone and like does not need to acknowledge me in the morning or at the class. Like it's not only about circle time and snack time. Like it's whenever we're just playing with Sunny, it feels like he wants his distance from me or so wait, do you when, still believe that no, or no? I, I'm just, I'm saying... I don't believe those things now. I'm saying that before this conversation, like I really thought that those things were true. And this is how I would justify them in my head. Right. So what do you think stems from? I think it's a mix. I have insecurities and I think that I haven't fully grown to like accept completely who I am. And because I haven't done that, then I think that other people aren't as well. You know, like you, your reality is your perception. And I think for me, like, I don't have enough confidence to know that those behaviors are just you being human and that they have nothing to do with me. I also think like, I'm a little bit narcissistic. And I think that like, kind of everything revolves around me. And so any behavior that anyone's doing somehow has an effect on me and mostly a negative effect, even though these people aren't even doing anything towards me or to me. I'm just like spiraling in my head about how is this about me? And that is a scary thing to admit and realize. But something that after the conversation, I really like, really, really realized. Right. I think that that is true because I know for a fact that some of those actions have nothing to do with how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. However, there was a part of that conversation that made me think like, well, if, if like Whitney is unsure of how I feel about her, no matter if it's valid or not valid and whatever that means, like, don't I have to do a better job just in general to like, I don't want her to, to, to like wonder. So don't I just have to step it up to make sure that she doesn't think that way? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just like do more because that's what my partner requires. Like, Mm -hmm. should I be working on hitting her requirement or lowering her bar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a combination. I think For sure. like you should know that I love you and know like little behavior is some expression of me not loving you. But at the same time, like, yeah, I can, I can kiss you more, text you more, say, I love you more. Like none of that, that doesn't cost me anything. And like, I'm, I want to try and do that. Yeah. And you are, but I will say that instead of like jokingly referencing that you're doing those things, like we had parent and me class on Saturday and he would like get super close to me. And then like, (laughs) he would just be like, I'm here, like I'm right next to you. And I'd be like, no, you can't, you can't like say out loud that you're doing it. You just have to subtly do it and not make me feel crazy. Half of that was pointing out. You know, how crazy I how am. How ridiculous it was. <laughs> 
so you know. But going forward, I will also make an effort just to be close to you and not be like, hey, yeah. I'm here. But, but I think, so part of me after that felt those things about myself, which were hard to realize and accept. And then the other part of me was like, but Timmy is, he is rough around the edges and I'm not the only person in his life that he has these issues with. Like, you know, not to call you out, but members of like a lot of his friends and his family, like they, they think Timmy, it's you know, piece of shit. they think he has kind of like a my way or the highway mentality. And like that there, he, Timmy believes that there's like always a clear right and always a clear wrong. Right. Like he's, he's gotten better about it, but, but there is, there is this thing about Timmy that is not my thing. It's his thing. That's and true. I sometimes struggle to, to put my finger on what it is exactly and explain it. And that frustrates me because then when I get in these fights, like emotion takes over and I feel like I can't, I can't say what I'm feeling without just saying like, well, all your friends and family feel this way. Cause like, I'm trying, I really try to put my finger on like what it is about you that, that people have an issue with, but I can't fully explain it other than that you are like a little bit rough around the edges. Like you are very blunt. You don't really believe in like sugar coating things that much. Yeah. I mean, like it's going to start to sound like a humble brag if I explain it. I'm just going to be like, uh, you know, like I don't have time for bullshit, but it's not, <laughs> that would be a cop out. Like mm-hmm. I just think that, that I need to learn that there isn't one way of dealing with people that everyone needs different things and to be dealt with in different ways. And, you know, just because you're feeling like saying something or you think it's right, doesn't mean it's the right time to say it or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big takeaway for me from the conversation. But like, most importantly, I think you need to know that like, I am very much in love with you (laughs) and I, I like you and you know, that, that Fanta joke was, was about liking you, bringing you into the ball busting relationship that I think you want to have, that we want to have that, that is like fun and part of our shtick. Yes. And when, when we were going through that whole part of the conversation, he was like, well, now maybe I should just rethink like how I joke with you. Like maybe we can't have that joking kind of banter as part of our relationship. And I was like, no, I mean, that is our relationship. And so that made me like really reflect on it more and be like, okay, this is obviously about something else. Like this isn't about the joke. This is about something else, which usually is how our fights start. Right. And now a word from our sponsor. I have been using native deodorant for about six months now and I love it. I love how it smells. I love how natural it is and I love how sweat free it actually keeps me because I can get a little bit sweaty. I made the switch to this aluminum free deodorant and for me, it was super important that it didn't mean I had to sacrifice on product performance. You've probably heard of Native just because everybody loves them. They have over 9,000 five-star reviews and you can check out a lot of press about them like on the Today Show, Out Magazine, Pop Sugar, Refinery29, and so many more. One of the reasons I really, really love Native is that their whole thing is that less is more. Their formula contains simple ingredients that you actually understand and you know everything that's in their deodorant. Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for both men and women. It's kind of a perfect stocking stuffer, especially if you 
uh, know of someone that needs a little bit of extra help. I remember I had a boyfriend once that I had to leave a note for him <laughs> saying that he needed to use deodorant because I was too afraid to tell him to his face. Um, so anyways, <laughs> that just reminded me of that. But definitely a great gift for someone like that in your life right now. They also have limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. And they offer an unscented formula and baking soda free formula for those who have sensitivities. Their scents include coconut and vanilla, which is their most popular scent, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and my personal favorite, eucalyptus and mint. They offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. So there's absolutely no risk to try. You guys are getting a special discount for 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code WITHWIT during checkout. Again, for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code WITHWIT during checkout. Enjoy. And now back to our chat. I think that I have become like codependent. And I think that I see us as like one. And so I get really scared when you have another plan or I think maybe you're trying to escape or leave or whatever it is. Like, I really think I've become codependent on you. And I don't know whether that's because we started our relationship out when my dad got sick. And I've just like since then become so reliant on you for my happiness, you know? Um, But then I think about other relationships before that. And I think that a lot of my boyfriends said the same thing about me, like that I became codependent on them. Like I would be, it would be good for a little while and then I would start to get insecure. And I think they felt like a little bit trapped and you obviously love me enough to like stick through it. Uh, But it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, it's a thing. Like, it's a thing. If someone, yeah. If, if someone hits me up for plans and they don't include you, like if like a buddy says, hey, want to grab a bite to eat or something, I get nervous because I don't know how you're going to react to it. Mm, I know. And that's horrible because I never have thought I was that girl that was that high maintenance or like that wife that wouldn't let their husband do certain things. Like I always... The thing is, is probably what I would do or what I have done is I let you do it. But then I like will get into a fight with you about it afterwards. Like, I mean, that's pretty big of you to admit that. Yeah. On national like I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to be the, the wife that doesn't let you go. So I let you go. But I hold a lot of resentment towards you. So I think we're getting at something that a lot of people can relate to. And mm-hmm. I think you and correct me if I'm wrong, but you you're cool enough to like have this vision of yourself as like the cool girl, but yeah. then like you can't stop yourself from like being upset at me for some reason for doing something without you. And mm-hmm. since you know, it doesn't make sense to be like, you shouldn't have gone to dinner without me. You like funnel your anger into some other made up reason or start a fight. What's happening is if you want to do something without me or not even want to, but are invited to do something without me, I immediately... I'm taken over by this like narcissistic mindset that's like this is about me and this is about him not wanting to be with me. Also, when like just I'm give him some context, like how often am I doing anything without you? Like once every couple months. <laughs> <laughs> like legit never. No, never. And then I get insecure about that and I'm like, oh my God, have I 
like trapped him at home and he like really wants to get out. I don't want to get out. I want to be able to do things with you. I mm-hmm. want to be able to do things that you're not involved in, not because I need a break from you, but because there wasn't an extra ticket for you or whatever yeah. the actual circumstances and have you be cool with that and be like, go enjoy and I'll be here when you get back. You know right. what I mean? Like we play poker out in the back and it's like generally a guy's thing. Cause I only know guys that play poker but like if Whitney wanted to play she's 100% welcome and invited I'm not like the type of guy who is like this is man time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just time for whoever is interested in the activity Mm -hmm. but I feel like you do the you think I'm that kind of guy yeah but I'm not I just overanalyze everything and I just revert back to this insecurity that I that I seem to just be displaying like over and over and over. And I think while these fights are obviously horrible when we're having them and there's like a whole lot of emotional baggage and hangover afterwards, the more we have them, I think I want to say like the better I'm getting. (laughs) But you're, that's another thing that you do a lot. You're always like, I'm getting better. Like it's, we, we haven't, we haven't fought in like, in like, um, like 36 hours. And I'm like, it's no, it, 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 it has not gotten better. I still believe that you have a little bit of a, a part yeah, in me sure. feeling the way that I feel. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have a part in like, no, I have a part in like having like being rough around the yeah, edge. But that makes me feel a certain way. Uh, so you have a part like attracted. In- to me. No, like <laughs> you, you being rough around the edges makes, doesn't you make insecure. me feel good. I yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think me being rough around the edges and, and saying things that don't make you feel good is what, is what I need to work on. But I don't, and I can see that you can make an argument that it's tied to your self-esteem, but I generally see those as two separate things. I think that they are part of the same equation. Like I, I, I think that I do have insecurities, but I think that your behavior makes me piles on a new insecurity. I think people would be surprised to hear that you are insecure. And I know that that might be something, you know, you wouldn't say about yourself to seem like you, you know, were self-centered or whatever, but you are beautiful, smart, successful, uh, woman and I think a role model to a lot of people out there. And yet you, you are insecure too sometimes. Yes. I think that everybody is. And if they tell you that they're not, they're probably lying. I mean, I think we all have different levels of it, but yes, like on paper, sometimes I, when you say those things, I'm like, yeah, what's the deal? Like, why am I I feeding into all these insecurities? Like I, I am, I have such a happy life. Like I am so beautiful, happy about where I'm at in my life, but, and I don't know where they come from. And part of me goes back to my dad passing away and feeling like I have just become this burden, you know, to people in my life. And it's made me want to like, just step away. And then the further and further I get from my friends, the more insecure I become because I think that they're then not choosing to be friends with me when it's like, actually, no, you created this space between us, you being me. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying and not to mansplain, which is another thing that like, I felt like like when you said that, like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, you know, I don't like need to talk 
for you, but no, but it, it, helps it helps me to crystallize what you're thinking. Yeah. But that like, you're so upset about your dad dying that, that, that you couldn't imagine like bringing any joy to someone else's life, mine specifically. And that like, I must consider you a burden because you're not like, because so, sometimes you get depressed and upset about something that's completely reasonable to be sad and upset about. And that maybe you think that your friends don't want to have you around. And so you don't choose to make plans with them. And then you don't see them for a while. And you're wondering if they're distancing themselves from you or if you are just the one distancing yourself from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you that that's not true for me. Like, I think you are wonderful to be around and person I would choose all the time. And that the parts of you or the times when you're sad and upset are just a part of you. And that's just means that you love deeply and care a lot and you don't mm -hmm. have to be like entertaining and, and funny and bubbly a hundred percent of the time, just like a vast majority of the time, <laughs> like 51% of the time. Yeah. I mean, that's doable. Yeah. I just, I think you're crying by the way. Yeah. I think a parent dying can bring on all sorts of insecurities. One, you don't have, you're just a different person. You just see life differently and it's just, life is just tinted a little bit differently. And then that makes you feel insecure because you feel like you're just this sad person. And then also because when you have a surviving parent that you feel so sad for that there's nothing that you can do to make them be okay. That breeds insecurity too. Like me not being able to make my mom's sadness go away or like be there for her enough. Makes you feel like a bad person. Yeah. So I completely understand that logic. I, I disagree. I mean, we all have to be, and not to get like too therapist on it and guys like we're not therapist. Yeah. Like you have to be responsible for your own happiness. You know, if you were upset for every sad person out there and felt bad because you weren't doing enough, like you would never be happy because there's so many people out there who you, you can't help. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the billions of starving children in Africa, like you just have to change a channel on that commercial or like your whole life will be just like, like freaking out for all the crazy shit that's going on. Yeah. Sometimes I think that makes you like more insensitive or makes me more insensitive, but like, that's what you have to do to survive. You said that some of your boyfriends had this complaint before your dad died. Yeah. So, so, I know. so when you think about that, like, does anything else pop up? That part is confusing for me. Cause like, I've thought about it before. Also, I'm more than just a boyfriend. Honestly, though, it's really only been one one boyfriend, the boyfriend before you that made Leonardo me, DiCaprio <laughs> that felt this way about me. But I think a little bit of it is that I've had a boyfriend forever. Like I've always been the girl that has a boyfriend. And so I think that it's just about that codependency thing. Like ever since I was in ninth grade, I had a boyfriend so, so are you saying that maybe you used having the right boyfriend or a boyfriend or whatever as I think I would like just, a I'll, pillar for which for for like your ego to stand on? Yes. I mean, did I go to some kind of like professional fucking school? <laughs> I don't even know where all this comes from. Mind blown. <laughs> um, Not even the points, just the, the vocab. The verbiage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I think that I have always found some kind of security in having a partner 
And I don't think that I've ever really been fully confident or secure on my own. And I also think it has to do with me not getting myself to this place where I'm at and that like starting from filming the TV show, having all these people helping me get to this place. Mm -hmm. I've never felt really worthy like of the success that I've had. And the only thing that I felt like that I ever really did on my own, which was my clothing line that that failed. Like I, I just feel like people think it's all smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? That I think it's all smoke and mirrors and that people that I really am not worthy of where I'm at now. Again, I didn't go to a professional school, but I think Mm -hmm. that this is called, I don't know, professional school makes sense. (laughs) Graduate school. Yeah. I don't have a degree in that, but I think that's called imposter syndrome where like successful people are always waiting for the other shoe to drop and be like, someone's going to call me out. I'm not really deserving all this success because deep down in my heart, like I don't think I deserve it. And like, Mm -hmm. or some of it came as a result of luck, but like, so what? That's life. Like you have made a beautiful life for yourself because yes, you were on a TV show and that was just, um, like just, just like lightning in a bottle or like, it was just luck the way it happened. But like you worked hard to build off of that and deserve everything you have. But I think those are three really honest reflections. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that basically the more you can be honest about who you are and admit the things that maybe you only think in the back of your head, mm-hmm. the, the better you get. Mm-hmm. What else? Well, and I think that, no, of? I think that it takes the, having these conversations to make sense of those things, like, or, or give them the time and the space and then to admit them and then move off of them. You know, like we've, we've talked about these things in passing a little bit about like the TV show and the boyfriends feeling this way about me, or, you know, we've talked about these things in passing, but I think really putting it out there now and me reminding myself of those things, whenever I start to feel insecure, like remind myself, like, is this even real? Like, are these insecurities even based on something that actually happened or that's real? Right. Or that's my fault. Like, right. I can't change the fact that I had a boyfriend ever since ninth grade. But right. like, but like also saying that out loud, like, you know, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, also, one last thing or <clears throat> one other thing I was thinking about was like, like, also, none of us are perfect. Like, what if there are parts of yourself that like, aren't that great and like, don't make you feel good about yourself? Like, yeah. that's not the end of the world either. Yeah. Like, I'm not perfect. I am rough around the edges like that that's okay. That doesn't mean like, I don't deserve your love or like, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge piece of shit overall. It's just like some shit I got to work on. Yeah. And that's okay. I think you're, no, you're right. So yeah, the week has been good, but I think talking about it, especially now when the fight is like way long gone, we've had days and days of like great times together Mm -hmm. that this is actually a really important time to, 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 to relive it almost. Yeah. Honest. I think it really is because even since that conversation, since being able to have this time with you, we were calm and can really make sense of things instead of like trying to beat each other in a fight, you know, it helps me to see things more clearly. I think the big focus this week is for you to be especially softer on the edges with my family all being here for Thanksgiving. I would really appreciate that. Yes, for sure. I've thought about that, especially in the kitchen. Like there are like, I like things to be done a certain way. And that's part of my being rough around the edges 
like that's a great example of it. And I'm trying to release, you Control. know, I'm going to just release to all the pluses. Yeah. Let the people who, who, who need to be in there, be in there. And if things, if, you know, we don't get to have sausage and the stuffing, it's just one day. Yeah. It's just one day. Or like seven days. It's a lot of I days. Get through it. <laughs> I want, I'm also thinking about drinking a lot, which I don't normally do. I think you should just do that. Yeah. I'm going to get hammered. I got a foldable Timmy's table. really fun drunk. I got He's... a foldable table like the college kids use. We're going to play drinking games on it. And at the end, I'm going to have Ben, my bigger brother-in-law, body slam me into it. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell your mom. And she's just going to be like looking over and see. And then she's going to freak out. We're going to film her reaction. Okay. That sounds great. I like drunk Timmy and so does everybody else. Okay. Get ready. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe and rate and review and let us know what you thought about this. If this was too much for you, if you like hearing this, I mean, my guts now. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get in a lot of fights so that there's a lot more of this, but we just want to know if this is helpful. So let us know. Thank you for having me. And this was good stuff. Yeah. I love you. Love you too. Please don't leave me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. You can let me know what you thought of this episode or anything more you want to hear about. Thanks. Peace in the streets.